Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book Three: Raising Canaan, uh, Season Two, Episode Four. And the title of this episode is Pay the Toll. And I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I am also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am doing very well. This whole episode gave me life. It nourished my soul. Oh, that's... That's good to know. It, it was a good episode. It, it left me uh, wondering about a lot of things about what's going to happen next. So, yeah, uh, we are going to get into, you know, our thoughts in just a moment. But, you know, friendly reminder, of course, please do, you know, um, engage with the content. Hit, hit the like button, leave a comment, hit the subscribe. Also, uh, I know that there's some of you out there who just watched the Powercast, but, you know, you might not check out some of the other content. But please do check out some of the interviews that Dana has done with with the Raising Canaan cast. You know, those are definitely worth looking at because they give like a whole outlook on on the season, you know, including like the psychology of the show and stuff like that. So definitely go to the channel and check those things out, too. Um, and yeah, uh, also hit the, the, the bell icon as well to get notified when something else goes live and all that good stuff. So just a friendly reminder, uh, we are going to get into our takeaway segment now. And in this segment, we go around to each member of the panel here and we each give three takeaways from the episode, which is three things that kind of stood out to us. Um, and, you know, we just kind of add our perspective to it a little bit. Um, and then later in the show, we'll get to our questions and discussions where we have more of a back and forth discussion about, you know, some of the things that happened in the episode. Um, so I am going to, it is my turn to, to go first with the takeaways this week. So I'm going to get to that right now. Um, and, you know, my first takeaway, you see the name Tony Soprano. Um, and there's a reason I chose that name because Raquel is very ambitious at the moment. She She's trying to, you know, spread out to Jersey and do her thing in Jersey. And, you know, there's other people in that territory, you know, who are kind of controlling the area. So we see in this episode, the, the Italians are operating in this in this area and they're not very happy to see somebody else doing their business, you know, in, on their territory. And there's even a point where they kind of have a face off and, you know, um, Lulu is kind of like speaking for Raquel a little bit where, you know, he's trying to... He's, he's trying to be cordial in the situation and, and make things go smooth. But, you know, Raquel doesn't want to take the offer that the Italians are giving. You know, she they, they gave a high price that she doesn't want to pay. And unfortunately, she's going to have to pay that price in another way because we see later that the Italians decide to sabotage uh, one of their operations with Warrell in the school bus and everything. So... The Italians aren't going to back down and they aren't going to just let 
Raquel do her thing. And, and we know how dangerous the mob was back in the day, you know, the Italian mob and everything. So, you know, I guess my thought on this is that things are going to get very bad with this. You know, if Raquel keeps pushing in this direction, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bloodbath at some point. Like, it's going to get very dangerous for her and the family. We know the Italian mob doesn't play around. You know, people end up going missing if they try to, you know, mess with what they've got going on. So it's going to get very intense if Raquel keeps trying to push in this direction. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, does she have something up her sleeve or is, she, or is she just literally, you know, insane at this point? Because, you know, even though the family is strong, you know, um, and we've seen we've seen Marvin and Lulu get their hands dirty before. And even Raquel's got her hands dirty. Um, but I just don't know if they have what it takes to, to go up against, you know, a, a group that, that are as orchestrated as the mob. So she's playing a very dangerous game right now. And I can't wait to see where that goes. Um, I do have some some other thoughts on how that could tie into other things later, but um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, well, actually right now, so let me get to my second takeaway. So I think, you know, it's unique in this episode. He's, 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 he's still going to the bodega and kind of intimidating Juliana, you know, he's kind of playing around, you know, and then, Raquel even knows about it because Juliana tells her later on, like, you know, Unique is still showing up. He's still causing trouble. So Raquel knows about it. And she's, you know, her reaction is just like, okay, it's, it's, it's just Unique. I'll, I'll get him later. You know, there's no urgency in her her response to, to, you know, what Juliana is saying. But, you know, at the same time, Juliana has to put up with it. She has to deal with this guy coming around and, you know, intimidating her and, and messing about. So that, you know, that is not a good thing in her eyes. And I think the longer Raquel lets this happen, the more Julianne will, you know, the, the less Julianne, Juliana will, will take Raquel seriously, I think. She's going to start taking her less seriously if she doesn't deal with the problem and protect her like she should. Um, so that is, you know, that could lead to, um, you know, maybe even Juliana being swayed in the direction of Unique later on. You know, maybe he'll actually earn her trust or something because, you know, Raquel isn't taking care of her business and she wants to feel protected. And, you know, um, even though it seems like Juliana and Raquel have a good rapport and uh, Raquel did kind of look out for her in the previous season when she was going through that that stuff with her, her husband beating her and everything. But, you know, when it comes to the streets and money and stuff, there is no loyalty. It's all about who can, you know, get you the most money and who can protect you and, you know, stuff like that. Like the tangible things matter and not necessarily the loyalty, you know, lo loyalty only goes so far. So, I think, you know, Unique is playing the long game right now. I also think he has something with Warrell going on in the background because we see that the two of them are seen talking in the car. So they could be plotting something also. So 
I, I think, uh, you know, Worrell is, I mean, not Worrell, Unique is playing a long game against Raquel right now. And I also think this could tie in with the Italian storyline because I recall Richard said something in an earlier episode that we did. Um, he said that, you know, Unique helped someone out in the prison, like when he was in prison and stuff. So you never know, maybe that person has some connections or some ties to the mob and maybe, you know, he can call in a favor or something later or he can even align himself with, you know, the mob or something like that. So I think Unique, is he's, he's playing a smart game right now. And yeah, I can't wait to see that whole thing play out with him because I do think he is going to rise back to power um, in this season. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing that play out. Um, and I guess the third takeaway is, um, so, you know, we see that Raquel, she seems to be looking for some type of happy home or something. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't know 100% what her intention here is, but, you know, it seems like she's looking for a home. Um, you know, for maybe for her and Kanan to stay or whatever. Um, and, you know, we see her with Symphony. He he goes to the house with her and everything to look at it. Um, but, you know, while she's doing all this, you know, the fact that she's been so manipulative in her approach with Kanan, it is starting to backfire on her like we talked about before because now Kanan is looking elsewhere for guidance. And, you know, we see the end of this episode, you know, he tells his mother he's going, uh, I think he said he's going to Famous or something. She follows him and, you know, lo and behold, he ends up going to Howard's home. So, and we see Raquel's reaction. So, you know, her approach to things, you know, is, is, it's not working out for her. And she might be planning all these happy things for her and Canaan, but if you if you neglect your child's desires to 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 know the truth and to get that that real understanding of things, you know, then it's only going to go one way uh, eventually because children aren't dumb forever. You know, maybe when they're a baby, but like you know, once they get a bit of intelligence in them that's it. Like they can think for themselves and Kanan knows that something isn't right with what, you know, Raquel has been telling him. And, you know, the more he talks to Howard, I guess he, he kind of feels like, you know, he, what Howard is saying is true. So yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they go with that in the next episode. Now that Raquel knows Kanan is kind of, you know, he, he's, he wants to see Howard, of his own accord. It's not like Howard came to him first. Kanan actually decided to go to Howard and he lied about it, you know, to, to Raquel. So I want to see how she's going to, you know, react to that. Is she going to confront Kanan directly about it? Or is she going to keep playing some type of manipulative game um, to try and, you know, win back Kanan's trust or whatever. So, Yeah. Uh, that's those are my takeaways for the episode. So I'm going to head over to uh, Richard Bailey Jr. now and get his takeaways. So let us know. 
First and foremost, excellent takeaways as always, Gary. Um, so I thought this was a another outstanding episode of Razor Canaan, and it's also a very important episode for a couple of things I'm going to mention. So my first takeaway in regards to the Newark, New Jersey expansion, you know, I am a toll operator, so I was able to see all this coming from a mile away. Uh, you know, Raquel being defiant and deciding to not take their deal, obviously is going to have consequences. As you said, Gary, it's probably going to get very violent. But I also think the important thing were a lot of things that happened in regards to that particular storyline, as well as the stuff that has to do with Lulu as well. So first and foremost, um, like you mentioned with Unique, uh, one thing I thought was very interesting in this episode is that uh, Unique had a conversation towards the end of the episode. This is before he got visited by uh, Burke at his uh, shop, and he was telling somebody that he was going to be on the short bus. So that kind of makes me wonder, because the thing is this, the Italians would not know uh, exactly what the plan is unless there's somebody giving them information that's why I do believe it is possible that Unique was on the phone with somebody who told them, yes, we're going to be delivering the stuff this way. Because again, and like you said, he had that conversation back and forth with Worrell that we saw very briefly after he went in there and uh, basically tried to scare Juliana. The Juliana thing is also important as well, because as you mentioned, Gary, uh, she probably will trust Raquel a lot less because she because she sees that Raquel is not willing to help her. But I also will add that her cousin, who is the one that the whole reason why they started getting more business in the first place, she can easily tell him this information. And this can make him come after and question Raquel as to what's going on in the operation. So I kind of feel like we definitely have to watch how that storyline moves forward because it's tension at every angle. Uh, now, in regards to the Lulu comment, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to Miss Dana Abercrombie because she did an excellent interview with Malcolm Mays. And in that interview, and, I, and I, I would encourage everybody to check it out, but in that interview, he pretty much alluded to the fact that he's going to have conflict with another character on this particular show by the name of Fareed, uh, Cartier Fareed. And this episode is important because you saw the beginnings of that. Because when the episode started, you saw that Raquel met up with Fareed and she found out how he basically operates his business, where he pays cash for art, flips it, and then he makes it clean. And the thing is that clearly we know, as Dana alluded to last week, Fareed is very interested in Raquel and wanted to pursue something with her romantically as well. So we know that Raquel likes to manipulate people, right? We saw in this episode, Lulu was having trouble because the mixing board was gone and he needed a new one. They had to sell it. You know, I guess Crown had to sell it for, to, to make some more money. But you saw in this particular episode that he mentioned to Raquel, I need you to loan me some money. And she said, okay, I got you. So now you can make the connection from seeing how she interacted with Fareed earlier in the episode. She just told him and he was the one that provided that new mixing board. But there is a cost for that because again, like I said, they're going to have some issues moving forward. At least that's what we know, because Mr. Mays alluded to it in the interview. So I'm very curious to see what happens moving forward. And of course, he still has issues with Crown as well. So there's a lot of things that's going to be happening. And um, 
in regards to the expansion, I also want to mention this as well. We did see earlier in this episode that Kanan stole some money when he went to the when he went to the uh, hideout. But he was talking about the smell, the way the you know why it smelled so bad in that particular area. That is a perfect callback to season one when Marvin killed that inspector and put the body inside the wall. So obviously that's what that smell was. For those that uh, if you aren't paying attention, that's what that is. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty much. I'm looking forward to seeing where things going, where, where things are going with, with all of that, because it's a very complex situation. Um, as for my other final takeaway, because I mean, I, I was going to mention something about Kanan, but I think you already alluded to a lot of what I was going to say, Gary. So I'm not going to repeat that. But what I will say is, for my other takeaway, it's about jukebox in this episode. She finally had a heart-to-heart conversation with her mom, Kenya, and asked her why she left. Obviously, a very traumatic moment because she wasn't even a year old when her mom left. And of course, her mom said that she was young and scared. But also her mom said, when she asked what happened, she said she went to LA to try to become a singer. But she ended up getting caught up in the wrong things and the wrong people. I am very curious to know what those wrong things and wrong people, what that, what that, what that alludes to. And I think that's a foreshadowing that we're going to learn about that as the season continues, because clearly there's a lot of things that she was into that uh, we didn't really know much about. So I look forward to seeing where that goes. Also the fact that uh, jukebox did feel encouraged. She said that she was going to go to church on Sunday to spend some time with her mom, see how that experience is. Uh, but she also made a very interesting conversation uh, with Kanan towards the end of this episode where she said she looked into her mom's eyes and it was like looking at herself. So I think what you're starting to see is she has a lot of hope for where things could potentially go. But for those that are power fans, we know that that story is not going to end well. We just have to see how it actually progresses from here on out. And we did see in this episode also Marvin, you know, basically trying to do what he can to get closer to Jukebox. He had brought a whole bunch of gifts after all that went down with them last season. He tried to buy gifts to show that he really values and appreciates her and supports her love for music. But she was not receptive to those gifts. She just came to pick up her clothes and left. So once again, uh, makes me very curious to see what's going to happen with the character moving forward. But uh, overall, I will say... um, this was a great episode because again, it moved the storyline forward for a lot of characters. It had a, a couple of subtle callbacks to things that have happened in the past and it perfectly sets up what we can expect from the future. So I can't wait to see what happens next week for sure. Oh yeah. Ex- excellent takeaways there from uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff there that, you know, definitely want to touch on later. Some, some good observations as well. Um, also that observation about the callback to the body being planted, like that was, that was amazing. So, you know, you, you definitely got a memory like an elephant, you know, like I always say. So there you go. But uh, we are going to go to Miss Dana Abercrombie now and get her takeaways. So go ahead. Do your uh-huh. thing, Okay, so basically, as it paid a toll, that that has a lot. That's the name of the episode, but it also means a lot just in general. There's going to be a heavy price that 
some of these characters are going to have to pay. Maybe not now, but later. Um, one of the things I always start off with is that nice little narration because to me it always seems to set the tone for what this episode is going to be about. And essentially it's basically saying that everybody is scheming, everybody has their own plan and their own angle. And we see this with, throughout every character. We see that Caden is starting to lie. We see that Cartier is is like slipping into what Raquel is doing. And that whole scene when they was at the museum, the, the gallery, maybe it's just me. I got Kingpin and Vanessa vibes from just that whole suit, him looking at the painting, and then Raquel sitting there too, like this power stance. I'm like, that's Kingpin and Vanessa. I want to see what they, they're going to start doing and what they're up to. And now that um, Raquel is completely free of Symphony, they can like really start doing things. Not to say that Symphony ever stopped it, but she can really focus in on Cartier and Cartier, you know, he's very smart. He, Raquel wants to learn more. And that's also a really good thing because remember Raquel has always been, I know, I know, I know. Now she's teach me, teach me, teach me. And that just shows how much she wants to evolve and she wants to grow. And we see her going out with New Jersey, which I don't think was a very smart move that, you know, I'm the head charge. I'm the, the head of everything and you have to listen to me. I'm not going to back down. That doesn't always work. And when you're dealing with someone like the mafia, as um, at least Gary stated before, <laughs> they, they're going to tend to look at you like a little clown. And, and you know, we see what happened at the kind of the end with Worrell. Um, so. That was like one of the big things. And then kind of like the book and way how it book in when we got that big situation with um, Howard and Kanan. Basically what they said at the very end was that um, um, some people are living in the present trying to figure out who they are. And some are looking towards the future trying to figure out who they want to be and there are others stuck in the past doing everything in their power to make sure none of us find out who they were and that's what all of this is about that's what life is a throwdown between what happened what's happening and what's going to happen who's going to win the past present or the future and this really got me thinking who is Kanan Stark and I literally mean this in the literal sense Kanan's family's name is Thomas. We know that Kanan is Kanan Thomas now. Who the hell is Kanan Stark? Where did that name change and that shift come in? So I was like, it's, I, was it Howard's, say, great-grandfather or something? Because we do know at the end of this episode, he goes to Howard. He starts lying to his mother, but a mama always knows. She has that guttural feeling something ain't right and she was looking out that window she looked like the nosy neighbor that was always mm, what's going on and then she when she showed that she was following him this whole time i'm like see she knows he's gonna die but but she knows and so i was combing through all the different names and i couldn't come up with who the heck stark is so i'm wondering is this one a new prana in general when we don't know what's going on but he ends up walking away from the thomas family because we know who he becomes in the end. And we all know that he is the one who kills Jukebox. You know, that is his family, what we see now. Or is that a name in homage to someone? So 
that kind of really got me thinking. We see Howard. We see that this is a whole different lineage than what he was told before. And so we're going to have that power struggle um, between Howard and Raquel. We are all thinking that maybe Howard won't win out, but maybe he will due to Kanan's connection to him. You know, now he could completely walk away and sever ties and I don't want to do this no more. Or he can really be like, mom, I don't want to just stay away from me. I don't want to be around you anymore. I want to see what this other life has to offer. And maybe it's Raquel's rest of this is going to be my son. You can't take away my son that, you know, ends up becoming Howard's demise. And, and in a result, there's that relationship between her and her son that they can never get back. And then we have the name change. I am not a Thomas. I am a Stark. So that was one of the things. One of the other things that also kind of a juxtaposition to that has to do with um, Jukebox. Jukebox, you know, when she came in before and she looked at the new room and the decorations, he's trying. And I really felt bad for Marvin. But I also wondered, has he done this before? We know that he has anger management problems. We know that he was a drug addict in the past. He has an addiction problem. Was he abusive because of that anger to jukebox before? I believe a parent is not completely out of the loop with anything in terms of he knew her sexuality from the beginning, but now that she's older, she wants to become who she is. She wants to be allowed to express that. And we see her do it. We've seen that in the first season with her and Nicole. And now with this, you know, we, she wants to express more and to learn more about herself. We do know that her mother was, um, she is a part of the church. She talked about her past before and she, she kind of like what Richard said, alluded to, she had to do some really bad things and bad things happened when she went over to LA in order to try to make it. Maybe we do know that Jukebox wants to be a singer, but she's not like, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be. You know, those kind of people who are dream, they dream of it, they live it, they sleep it. She's someone who's very talented, who falls into it because one, I feel that she views it as a way of cathartic. It's cathartic for her. And also she's really good. She can sing. She's talented. And she has the uncle Lulu who has a studio. So everything is just kind of convenient right there. But I wonder because of, the mother and her past with singing, is it going to be one of those, I did it, it didn't work, you shouldn't do it either, and she really pushes her away from the singing. And also the fact that the mother is so steeped in church. We saw her picking out, you know, church clothes, and even Canaan was making fun of her. What are you doing with those church clothes? Um, what we do know, especially in the Black community, all communities, kind of all religions, um, they don't tend to like homosexuality. They're very cruel and against that. Um, they view it as a sin. I'm waiting to see how the other shoe drops and what really happens and the influence that her mother has on her. Because right now, she's learning about her sexuality in terms of how to use her sexuality to manipulate other people. 
not doesn't mean like big bad manipulation at this moment, but she's learning like how do you sell records through manipulation of how I dress, how I look. And we saw her in the mirror playing with her hair, pulling it down. You know, I didn't know she had that much hair, to tell you the truth. She has a lot of hair. It's really nice hair. All hair is nice hair. I'm just saying that part of herself she hids because that's not what she wants or she's not really comfortable with. But she started examining herself and kind of looking at herself in a different way. And we see that her relationship with Raquel. Raquel is very close to her because she basically raised her as well. And that goes into the conversation that she had with Raquel in regards to her saying that, you know, I saw my mom today. Basically, she was saying that, you know, just because someone is genetically responsible, gave you their genes, and, and you know, they're your mother, doesn't make them your mother. Um, we're family. We're the one who raised you. We're the one who, who's going to be there and looked out and look out for you. She's just, you know, magically here. And she even alluded to, oh, she didn't even reach out to you. You just happened to find her, you know, a mom, truly, if she wants to, to, to be a part of her child's life, is going to find her no matter what. And the fact that she was like in the same city, that's even something more like, oh, wow, you're so close. And yet... You didn't come and, and, and try to reach out to her. I don't think Marvin moved very much compared to where he was living pri previously before the marriage, not marriage, but their relationship. They don't look like someone who changes addresses every two years or something. So to me, it seemed like she could have easily been found. Um, I also feel that and she said, you know, family earned you. Nature is given. That was also one of the really good points. And then she followed that up what she wants to feed her. And what way do we show, especially in the black community, what way or any community, really, how do we show our love? Here's something to eat. You know, so that was a really nice nourishment that she was trying to give her. And even though Marvin is trying, he's not there yet. I think a lot of their issues would have been solved if they talked. It's nice you're doing, you redecorated my room and you painted and everything's clean after you trashed it, by the way. So, again, what kind of message are you sending? See, I love you. I fixed them up after I trashed it because I was angry you was a lesbian. Okay. Um, one of the other takeaways about this um, has to do with when Kanan went to go see Uncle Vernon. And... That also has that duality. Remember, he said, as you kind of said when we was off air, was off camera, uh, Richard, oh, you're a man now. And it's yeah. that pressure. <laughs> Remember, it's kind of that pressure of you're a man now. Time to do manly things. No one's allowing Kanan to just live. And even though Kanan said in the first season, I want this, I want this. When you're really in this, you kind of realize, I don't want this anymore. I wanted to be a computer science major. I went to college and took that computer science class and was like, I don't want this no more. I didn't know there was so much math involved. I can't do that. Uh, so I fled. Um, so it's this pressure to step into the shoes of a man who, yes, you've been told is your father, but remember, he was in jail for most of the time. So he really didn't have that. And then you had, um, there was another man that kind of took in, in, that took the place of that as well, but he ended up being murdered for snitching. 
So the first man was taken away from you through jail. The other man was killed. So you're starting to look at your options and your choices. And you're like, is there more to this? Which is what he alluded to before. Is there more than just this? He told Jukebox this. And so Howard, yes, he is a cop. But he's just another, he's just another, that's not this. And even though I don't like the tactic that Howard is is playing, to me, I feel, feel that he was badgering him. I'm your father. Come see me. I'm your father. Um, it seems like it's less pressure. And maybe he will allow him to be a kid first, which is something that all children need before they do anything, illegal or legal. So that's just kind of everything that I I really liked. And, you know, everyone, like they said, everyone's got their own, their own past. And so now he has to choose what is it going to be? And again, just a credit to show <clears throat> on how great this writing is. He can choose anything at this moment. And I'm still engaged and I'm still interested. And it's not like, oh, that's completely out of place. Because the real Canaan ended up a sociopath murderer who killed his son and killed his cousin and tried to kill ghosts 15,000 times. I mean, he was introduced into the show as we tried to kill ghosts. Um, so it's just they did such a really great job of molding a character and keeping me interested. And in how do we get to that final result? And also, I don't want them in a rush because I like the journey that we're going into right now so those are my takeaways and also yay symphony please go I, I love symphony but he's a little too weak for the environment of what's going on that was that was a really nice line with like i don't want to be your vacation i want to be your home but this is not the notebook so <laughs> that's <Yeah>. hilarious <laughs> poor symphony man he's always going through it but um, yeah, great takeaways. I love I loved the, your perspective on all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, where does this did the name Stark come from? Because uh, Raquel is Raquel Thomas, and Howard is, I believe, Howard Malcolm or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I want to no. know where he gets this name, huh? What do you say? His his name is Malcolm Howard, and Kanan's full name is Kanan Elijah. Thomas, but it's Stark. Where? Yeah. So yeah. So so where does that come from? I mean, I, I know it doesn't come from Tony Stark, so you know, it's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, no great takeaways. Uh, I love the quote as well that you brought up that Fifty said. You know, the past, present, future, and stuff. That was that was a great quote. So thanks for adding more perspective to that, also. But um. Yeah, in a moment, it's going to be time for us to have more of a discussion on, on these different topics. But uh, before we do that, you know, if you like what you've been hearing so far, if you want to respond to anything we just said, please do leave your comments below. You know, you can leave more than one. We welcome that. We love seeing all the, the, the theories and the thoughts of all the people. We want you guys to get engaged because this is your show, too. Um, and then please do hit the like button and also subscribe to the channel. We have, you know, lots of other types of content, including other power content um, on the channel. So please do uh, support and everything like that. 
Um, but yeah, let's get right into the questions and discussions now. So uh, one of the things that we we haven't kind of mentioned yet is so, you know, famous, he, he got his place in this episode. Thanks to Kanan, you know, he, he gave him some of that money he stole. They got the place and everything and they had a party. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like Kanan meets a new girl and everything like and, and her mother, you know, he, he thinks they're sisters, you know, when he meets them. Like, that's hilarious. You know, Miss Panama, I think the, the mom is called. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the girl, you know, she actually ends up uh, coming to the place and everything coming into the party. Uh, uh, go ahead, Dana. What was you going to say? Oh, no, I was fixing my light. Okay. <laughs> my bad. Okay, yeah, so uh, he get, he ends up, you know, uh, inviting the girl to come in, and they she joins the party, and we later see that they get kind of close. So uh, this is this is a bit of a, t- a two-part question. Um, first of all, do you see Kanan having something long-term with this girl that he meets? Um, and secondly... Um, I like Miss Panama, the mother, she gave me like a vibe, like she, she means more to the show, like she might be connected or something like that. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if she has some sort of connection, um, you know, that we're going to find out later on down the line. So, uh, what do you guys think of that? And since, you know, Richard, he had, he's giving me a look, so I'm going to go to him first. Cause I want to know what that look was about. What, what's up, Rich? What do you think of that? Well, first and foremost, uh, Gary, you made the comment that Kaden got kind of close to uh, the daughter. Her name is Corinne. Uh, I mean, they were slobbing, slobbering for a, a good amount of time. So I think he got more than kind of close. Uh, but to answer your question specifically, uh, the mom's name is uh, Palomar. That's her, that's her name. Uh, and I believe that that actress definitely is important to the show probably will be the one that stays consistent. I, I, I think obviously you even saw when Kanan had the exchange with her and her daughter, obviously Kanan interested in the mom more than the daughter. I think, I think we can come to that conclusion. That's what I got out of that. Um, could that potentially be uh, Sean's mother? I have no idea, but it's great to think about this becoming, it is, if it's an important character, clearly this is someone who Kane is going to have some type of relationship with. So we have to see where that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting that she would show up in this episode. And she is, again, a neighbor of Famous, where he has his new, uh, newly, his, his new uh, property, which uh, he got from uh, Crown Camacho. So obviously she'll be around. That's what that means. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, interesting theory, because that's something I was um, thinking as well. I was trying to remember if Sean's mom was ever, ever named um, in, in the original, but I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see if, you know, this could be Kane, uh, Sean's mom. What was you going to say, I, Rick? I, I, I think she did have a name. Uh, I don't really remember what the name was because it was mentioned one time. I thought it was mentioned at least one once or twice on the regular show, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's her. I'm just saying, I agree with what you said that she is important to the show because they made sure to emphasize that in the brief amount of time, when she had that exchange with Kanan. So 
we'll see where they where they go with that. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Dana? Any thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing. For me, um, I was very happy for Kanan because you're going out there, you're experiencing teenagehoodness. Please don't get her pregnant. Just in general, we don't need extra more complications right now. I think from here on out, any woman that um, Kanan is slobbering, as you guys say, um, on, I'm going to be like, is that that mama? Is the mama. Um, so, no, it, she's not. I don't think so. I don't, ho- I don't, here's the reason why I say I don't think so. Remember last season, there was that girl that Kanan really liked, whose name I cannot remember, but her mother was an addict, and they were kicked out of the house. And we never saw her again. So this could be just another situation where we never see her again. Or the mama. And I think the mama was just, you know, I didn't like the mother at all because I'm like, you know what this boy is doing. You just want the attention. Stop it. Um, but again, I was very happy to see Kanan just be a, a kid. I was in that scene, was actually more worried about famous. I don't trust when people are happy. And that's just me. Kanan was, not Kanan, Famous was really happy. He has his place. Kanan used the stolen money in order to pay for the furniture and to throw the party and for him just to have basic living accommodations. But I don't trust pure happiness. Again, I'm constantly wondering, what does he have to do to pay that back? No one just ups and gives you an apartment, you know. I Unless they're like your deepest, friend of friends and we're besties for life i don't see that with crown crown is a person who's making moves who is his connection to that building that's what i, I want and if we're having building connections my brain automatically goes to what raquel was able to do with the projects and her connections remember how they turned the whole project into basically one big crack house and it looked like new jack city i want to know who is crown's people who has that connection to the building and what does crown want from him and because of that we had the conversation well, technically last last week um about how kanan might move in with him even though it could be howard at this point maybe he might move in with him i want to know how does this ends up dragging kanan into this situation and also kanan stole the money raquel knows so how does this whole situation all ties in and what do both of them have to do in order to dig them out of this upcoming situation so while this was a happy slobbering moment i'm still thinking i'm i'm nervous can i uh make one quick correction on my end. Uh, so I was looking up this information afterwards. So that's the, that's not Kanan's mom. Kanan's mom's name is Jarita. She was played by Tasha Smith in the second season of Power. So clearly this is not the same person. But uh, we'll see what the mom's role will be on this show. <laughs> Palomar, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I do remember that character, Jarita, but I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was actually Sean's mom or not, uh, but but yeah, I guess I guess maybe she is. Um, but yeah, uh, good good, uh, good good job with the research and everything, uh, and good job with with what you said also, Dana. Um, I definitely think that uh, Kanan will end up moving in. Oh, go ahead, Dana. No, I just really was to say that he doesn't have another kid, and then you know things happen. 
Yeah. Things could happen that you can't do in other states anymore or, you know, yeah. just situations in general. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we never we never heard a whole lot about his background. Like he could have had another child before or something of that nature. You know, uh, there could even be a secret child. Who knows? You know, that no one knows about. So <laughs> maybe that would be another show. That would be like book six or whatever. You know, so. <laughs> Please make that into a dinner scene. I just want a dinner scene. <laughs> yeah, we need that dinner scene. We need another one. But um, yeah, uh, what I was going to say is I think, and I'm wondering if like, I, I think Kanan might actually end up moving in with Famous. And I'm wondering if that apartment ends up being the same one that Kanan goes back to in the reg- in, in the normal power. Because remember, he goes back to, to get to reclaim an apartment and he ends up taking out an old lady. I'm wondering if that could be like the same apartment that, you know, he went back to. Go ahead, Dana. You know, now that you stated this, I'm seeing more of the parallels. So you stated, because I'm really bad. I have to rewatch um, the first power. Uh, you stated that he took out lady from the apartment, right? Yeah, there was an old lady living there, and he he took her out to kind of like get get the apartment. But it seemed like he had a connection to that apartment because he knew it, the, the layout of it and everything. Is this the same apartment did- where he also had to ha- had to take out those guys that uh your boy sent sent to, to kill him? Yeah, exactly. The same, and, the same place. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's go also ahead. the same apartment where he took Tariq to. Mm, mm. But what, go ahead, Daniel. What did? What did Marvin say a DEFCON used to that Uncle Vernon used to do? What's that? Remember when he was in a car after he went to go see? Oh yeah. Yeah. What did he said? What happened with old ladies? He would easily rob and kill old ladies for their welfare. And then you yep. have present Canaan killing old ladies for the apartment. I retire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good connection right there, and yeah, I definitely feel like they're planting some seeds in this season for for the future, and because um, that that apartment does look familiar too, so it it could very well be the same one, but I, I want to hear what the people think on that, but um, yeah, so let's get to some more questions here. So, um, so you know, Kanan and Jukebox they're kind of going through a similar thing right now because now Kanan and Jukebox have another parent in their life that they never kind of knew before. Um, so, you know, how with, with, with what we've seen now, I mean, we, we did kind of discuss this before, but with what we've seen of, of both of their paths so far, you know, how do you think that makes them become who they are in, in, you know, the OG power, like, and everything, because now, you know, they have both, they have a connection to both, both parents at the moment. Like, you know, Jukebox has reconnected with her mom. Kanan is now, you know, he's, he's kind of like hanging out with Howard and everything. And, you know, they say that usually when, you know, it's the single child, it's, it's the single parent child who kind of suffer the most because they don't get that balance. They don't get both sides and stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, now these characters have, they have a connection to both sides. So how does 
how do they still end up the way they do, you know, being so broken and, and damaged in, in the OG power? So Dana, what would you think about that? Um, I think that um, sometimes uh, we have a situation where chosen family is more important than the family that we have in terms of why they end up with the way they do. Remember, in the original power, he's always referred to as Uncle Canaan. Tariq, Uncle Canaan, Uncle Canaan. Meaning, and his ghost has always said, that's my brother to me. That's my brother, right? So again, what happened in this raggedy family for him to have a chosen and become a Stark? I feel that, and also on top of that, remember, Canaan murdered his blood cousin for his chosen nephew and brother. In order to save Tariq, he killed Jukebox. So again, chosen family is stronger than the family that you're born with. I feel that right now that they have a parallel situation of what, you're, what they're going through. They're both, as you said, stated before, they're both finding out who their other half is. Um, Kanan with his father, uh, Jukebox with her mom. I think that something must happen. Obviously, it's not a loving Mr. Rogers situation or else we wouldn't have the power that we have. Or unless you, that's when you have to go in nature versus nurture, unless they're both sociopaths and something just clicks. Um, but I really believe that that clicking is, has to do with the family that they are born into, their blood family. Um, so right now, this will be very interesting to see. Uh, I don't know how strong Howard is willing to fight for Kanan. He did go through this whole, I'm reborn situation after being technically dead. And, and you know, the bullet and the cancer is gone. Maybe the bullet and the cancer comes back. Who knows? Um, but at this moment, I think that's really the biggest what is going to happen question. Because I honestly don't know. But I do feel that this Thomas family is through Raquel. Because if you really look at Marvin is attaching himself to Raquel. Because I don't know what else Marvin wants to do. I think that he is stuck right now. He doesn't he is or who he really wants to become. So he's still kind of following around Raquel. We have Lulu completely wanting to break away. And like just give me my music and leave me alone. But as alluded to in the interview, there's going to still be some trouble necessarily with Raquel, but in that new lifestyle of music that he wants to enter into. Um, but right now, I just really feel that something is going down in that family. And as we had that um, statement at the very beginning, it's a throwdown between what happened. We, we still don't know what, right now stuck in what's happening and we know the future. But the biggest clue to everything is what happened in that past in order for us to get to that future. And even if you look at the happening right now, it's a lot of lies and trickery. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Rich, what would you think about that? Like, you know, how, how do they end up so broken and damaged as characters, you know, given that now they both have, you know, uh, their parents in their lives? And, you know, you could also respond to Anything Dana brought, what do you think? Well, I think that's a uh, 
that actually is the beauty of how the show is written, because as you both alluded to, it can really go in any direction. Uh, like I said, we already know that things are not going to turn out well for Kanan and Jukebox in the future. I think it, it, talking about Jukebox first, she's in a situation now where I think that on the outside, based on what we have seen so far, her mother is a much more positive influence, or she has the ability to be a better influence on her. But clearly, something is going to happen to prevent that from actually going full circle. Um, and if you notice that uh, Jukebox, as she gets older, she doesn't have any kids. So I, if I had to make a guess, it would be whatever happens ultimately between you know, her mom and eventually, if something happens to Marvin, which I, I think is something's going to happen to Marvin at some point as well, that may deter her from really wanting to be a parent, and that may impact how she just decides to move the way she moves in the current power show, uh, in, in the in the in the, the you know the OG power show, so to speak. Um, as for Kanan, uh, I I feel like again, Kanan is at a crossroads right now because he can make the decision to choose Howard, listen to Howard, everything that he says, and you want to make the decision to be with him. But again, Raquel is very manipulative, very, very power hungry. So if she will do any and everything she can to make sure that she has Kanan and she keeps Kanan at all times. And again, that dynamic, because of this back and forth game that Howard and Raquel is, is playing, it's going to cause a lot of issues, I feel, with Kanan. Um, like I said, we have to see how they tell the story because Kanan, it, it, it doesn't deter Kanan from having a kid. But what we do know about Kanan is that, you know, he did go to jail. He hasn't really had a good amount of time or really any time to really spend in Sean's life. So even if he has a kid, that doesn't mean he wants to accept the responsibility of being a parent. And it could be because he sees what eventually is going to happen to Raquel and uh, Howard down the road. But um, it's hard to determine. But I, but again, what, what I will say is I applaud the show for putting Kanan and Jukebox in this situation because, again, these are things that they can discuss back and forth. And really, you're seeing how close they are when they have these interactions and they, they don't really hesitate to talk about what they truly feel about a situation. But the problem is that we already know it's not going to end well. It's just a matter of how they're going to tell that story because it's it's going to be a tragic ending, I would assume, for some of these characters. But um, I'm very curious to see how it's going to be done because it can literally go in any direction. So we have to see, wait and see what happens next. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, uh, Dana had an interview with the showrunner and, you know, he was saying that that's, that's the fun that they have with the show is like telling that story of how they become, you know, uh, the Kanan and Jukebox that we know from the original show. So that's mm -hmm. that's definitely the fun part of this show, like just seeing how it all plays out. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting, you know, just how like just the, the point we're at we're at in the story now because it seems like there is a lot of positivity in Kanan and Jukebox lives and it seems like it's fully attainable but we know that it doesn't you know it doesn't go in the idealistic way so that adds a whole nother layer to it because it's like you know what goes wrong here you know like because because if you think about it like 
Howard could be like the positive, um, the positivity in Kanan's life, and uh, the uh, jukebox's mother could be like the positive in in her life. But clearly, something goes wrong here, you know, and it could even be a case of you know maybe maybe Howard isn't as positive as we think, and maybe the mother isn't as positive as we think. Maybe there's you know they have some dark side to them like some secrets or whatever and you know Raquel actually makes an interesting um quote in in this in this show you know when Raquel tells her that she went to to see her mom and everything uh Raquel says something to the extent of um you know just because someone is blood it doesn't it doesn't always mean that they deserve to be in your life you know um she she said something along the lines of that you know and clearly she she was she was she was directing the statement at you know Raquel and her mom situation, but she was also kind of you know making this in her mind she was making the distinction also to Howard I think so you know that was an interesting statement there. But that leads me to another question: and do you think that Raquel is going to tell? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dana. <laughs> Um, Rebecca would like to submit my change in my theory, please. Uh-huh. Um, I know that I've been given a lot of poop and she's terrible and she's a sociopath, but when a sociopath loves you, it's sometimes it's because they're trying to protect you. Um, if you look at the original power, Kanan had a son named Sean and he asked Sean, his son, to please kill Ghost. And when Sean failed, he shot him in the stomach and then he shot him in the head for his weakness. Raising Canaan, Raquel went to Canaan. Could you please kill Howard, your father? Well, she didn't say your father, but can you please kill Howard? And he failed. Even though he shot him, he lived. Raquel never killed him. But somewhere in the back of the mind, Raquel was like, there's a weakness. You see the parallels there. I would like to submit my change because I think Howard has such a seedy, dirty past that we know that he was involved with Con. We know he was involved with the other guy investigation who ended up being the snitch and died because he was snitching. I feel that that's a piece of what we know. We don't know whether or not he tried to destroy Raquel's life and his livelihood. We don't know exactly what fully went on. Yes, he was a police. You don't get with a policeman that can be dangerous for the streets. But there could be something more dangerous that has happened in that past. Raquel at that moment could not kill him. But she never told him, this is your son. Women, uh, speaking for all all women, I'm just saying, eh, maybe women don't want their children to know who their really fa- their real father is. And yes, you have the DEFCON situation. We found out that DEFCON was gay. He pretended to be the father, but it was really the beard. We know that whole situation. But I'm still wondering, what did Howard really do in his past that Kanan would end up mimicking the same way how he killed his son? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting point. I, I definitely think there's there's more 
than what meets the eye for sure. Um, so yeah, inter- interesting uh, point, and that's what's great about the show because you know, as we talk, we we can have a change of perspective and new new uh, things come to mind. So uh, that that that's great. Um, uh, Ed, did you have uh, anything else to add as well, Rich? Before uh, I get to the next one. Oh no! I think those I think those are some very good points that Data said. Uh, I, like I said, I'm I'm very curious to see um, where they go from here, uh, and I'm and I, I'm also curious to hear what is the question that you was going to ask because you said that this brought another question to mind. Yeah. So so the question was, you know, um, do you think because jukebox? Oh, oh, that's the light. Okay. Um, yeah. So jukebox told. Uh, Raquel that you know she met her mom and everything so do you think that Raquel might tell Marvin about that like do you think she's gonna do that so go ahead Rich Uh, that that's a very good question because I I have been wondering as a viewer why it feels as though she's very standoffish about uh Kenya um even when they had the conversation and jukebox is telling her that she spoke with her mom she's trying to basically suggest you know you shouldn't trust her you you just can't listen to everything that she has to say so clearly there is something that happened between them in the past uh also i think this is connected to something i said earlier when kenya made the comment about when she went away to la she got hooked up with the wrong people and into the wrong stuff it could be that she knew in the past that raquel was heavily into the drug game and she didn't want to be around any of that, and that's why she left. But I still think that there's something else that happened, because clearly the way she like they, and they, and, they, and they give you they're giving you subtle hints, because this is not the first conversation that Jukebox has had with Raquel about her mom, so they're giving you subtle hints. So I definitely think she is going to at some point tell Marvin. I think at the moment she needs to worry about this expansion and how they are going to try and deal with that situation but this is definitely going to come to a head because again it's if she sees that jukebox starts to get closer to kenya that's a problem because marvin knows that jukebox has been staying with raquel for for quite some time so if he knows about this information that's going to cause some some drama for sure so we have to see where that's going yeah because if 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 in the event she does tell Marvin, we're, we're going to see if that anger management is working, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't go off on the guy in the wheelchair, which is good because that would have been a very bad look. But, uh, yeah, I that's a very good point. He, that's going He's going to definitely need to be calm and relaxed, but it kind of feels like the tension of that situation, including of what's happening with the Italians now, I, he's going he's going to definitely go off at some point this season. So, for sure, I, I hope that uh, breathing technique will help him in those moments. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they will. But uh, Dana, what, what do you think? Do you think Raquel is going to tell Marvin? So far, she hasn't. She's pretty good with keeping secrets. And the thing is, that Jukebox and Raquel have built a trust with each other. That again, she's like her her mom in that sense. Um, I wonder if Raquel is going to be more protective with um, Jukebox 
with her mom going forward. Like, I wonder, give me my dinner scene. Hi, I'm home. And then here's mom, Kenya. And then you got that look and the LaRue was going on. And that's when I want that anger management to start failing. Um, but here's what I wonder. We know that Kenya went off to LA and she ended up with the wrong people. And it's kind of alluded that she probably was involved with some drug situation in terms of being addicted, right? We do know that. We do know that Marvin is a former drug addict. Here I wonder, and this is why the story has not been fully filled yet, which again goes back to what they was talking about, the past versus the present versus the future. There's still information that we don't know about the past that currently is forming the, the present and the future. Um, and there's been a lot of lies and population seat. I wonder this, was there any point in time when Kenya did come back? They tried to make it work between her and Marvin and she, and they both ended up in this drug addiction thing. And in order for them to break, it was Marvin who stepped away and Kenya decided, well, I'm going back to LA. And then now I'm going to come. Well, remember, she came back looking for her child. She came back just to come back. We don't know why she came back in that sense. And in regards to, oh, I didn't make it in L.A. I met some bad people. Why are you returning home? We don't know why we are returning home. Did she return home to go live back with her parents? We don't know that still. Was it intentional so that one day she would have the courage to go look for Jukebox? Remember, she stated, you know, I figured that I was gone long enough. I really I don't need to come into the picture. She laid out her thing right there. So I was wondering what really happened between Marvin and Kenya for that. And why is she back in New York? Of all of the different states you can go into, why New York City? So again, I don't. I just want my dinner scene where everything is laid out. I don't see Raquel being that kind of person who has who will damage the trust that her and Jukebox built. Because even if you look at what happened, she's already in a fragile state because of Marvin and his reaction. You know, and if you look, Raquel always knew. Raquel doesn't really care. She never chastised her for being gay. It's just something you, you just don't bring up. But she's not chastising or abusing or saying terrible things about her. She's just, to me, it always felt like, I love you for who you are. Are you hungry? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Can I add something? I just yeah, want to add something. Maybe Raquel really does know what happened. And because Raquel kept that information from Jukebox, maybe that's what ends up making Jukebox walk away. We don't know. But, you know, that, oh, you know, this whole time I was wondering and looking and searching, but you knew what was really happening. You could have warned me. You could have said this happened. And she could have been like, yeah, I wanted to wait till you got older. You figured it out. This is a journey that you have to take on your own. Remember, this whole thing, um, the final monologue was basically about a journey. This is a journey between the struggle of past, present, and future. So she has to experience this on her own. But I wonder if there's going to be some kind of remorse or regret towards one Raquel not telling anything or jukebox being really upset that she didn't she didn't know and Marvin again he's so sensitive he is if you get him he's really sensitive that's where that anger management comes from 
um, and all that anger in general. But I feel that he is so sensitive and he doesn't want to go back and look towards the past and just focus on the present that he never really had that conversation with her. And this also, if you look at Jukebox in the future, she becomes a cop. I believe, is it not in narcotics? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you brought that up because, um, cause yeah, it, it does seem like her and Raquel, they kind of have like a cordial arrangement, um, and understanding. But like you said, I, I definitely think that something Raquel does could betray Jukebox's trust of her. And there is one grown up right now who um jukebox does trust because we see her go to her pretty often and that's burke you know so i i I definitely think that burke is going to play a major part in why jukebox later on becomes coming becoming a cop and stuff so um i can't wait to see how that plays out but uh, richard did you have uh, any more thoughts to add on that uh, no, I was going to say those are great observations by Dana. A lot of very important details that, uh, you know, requires paying close attention to. Um, I was I, I was only going to say that uh, if uh, if for any reason Raquel doesn't uh, tell Marvin, I kind of feel like he will find out at some point because M- Marvin does not have a problem, you know, spying on anybody if he needs to. You saw he was watching when Unique got out of prison. You know, so he he'll he'll keep his ear to the ground and see what's happening, but but I will I will just reiterate that whenever a confrontation happens, where whereas Marvin also comes face to face with Kenya, I, I I guarantee it's going to be explosive because again what what they have been showing us so far this season, Jukebox does not want to have anything to do with Marvin. She doesn't want to talk to him, n- nothing of the sort. So obviously, if he knows that she's talking to her mom but not talking to him that's going to definitely cause an issue. So uh, we have to see which path they're going to take, but uh, some stuff is definitely going to go down. I feel in, in the next, in the, in the next couple of episodes regarding that particular topic. Yeah. And I can't wait to see, you know, we, we don't get the, uh, the preview and stuff um, early. So I will be looking out for that to see what happens in the next episode. Cause so some stuff is some serious stuff is going to happen with these situations. Um, and another thing, another situation that's kind of escalating or is going to escalate is the, the, the Italians in New Jersey. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Raquel is, is treading on thin ice right now. Uh, of course she, she met up with the Italians. She didn't like what they were offering but she still continued to try and do her business. Um, and uh, of course, the, the Italians, they kind of um, intercepted Worrell when he was in the school bus trying to do his thing. So um, the question is, do you think, you know, how, how dangerous do you see this situation getting? Because if we look at it, Raquel's main muscle at the moment is Marvin and Lulu, her, her brothers. Um, so she's going to be putting them in the line of fire, you know, her, her own blood. She's going to be putting them in the line of fire. But that's just two people. The Italians, they have, like, assumingly they have, you know, a whole army of people ready to, to do work for them. 
Um, so, you know, how dangerous do you see the situation getting? You know, how bad is it going to be? And could it even lead to some lives being lost? Um, and if so, you know, who would that be? Or could it lead to something else like a kidnapping or somebody getting seriously injured or, you know, anything like that? So would you guys, would you guys see happening with this situation? Let, let me know, Dana, because <laughs> I see you laughing. No, What's up? no, here's the thing. When you was like a kidnap, my brain automatically went to, remember when Tariq did that fake kidnapping and they beat him in the head with oranges? <laughs> All I keep picking up. That was hilarious. Is <laughs> Lulu and one of the, Lulu and Marvin bashed in the head with oranges. Um, sorry. Um, overall, of what we've seen, Marvin doesn't want to be there. <laughs> even they said, oh, we, I can't even reach Marvin. He's in the studio. So basically, you're, you're not Marvin, Lulu, sorry. Um, yeah. Lulu does be there. Uh, when Morel was speaking to Marvin, he was like, I had to call you. You know, Lulu's always in the studio. So you're down a brother right there. And Worrell, he's, I don't really see him being the 100%. I like Worrell. Worrell and I'm going to get to that later because I'm going to start getting HD topic. Um, in terms of this, I do not feel Marvin or Lulu is strong enough to take on the Italian, the mafia at this moment. Um, if we're going to keep this kind of realistic and not jump into like a fantasy shooting, um, I feel that she's going to start needing some backup and she's going to start needing someone's help. I wonder if this means, well, no, I can't even say Unique comes into play because he doesn't have any friends or help either. They're all abandoning him. Um, but she needs some outside help and she needs it pretty quickly. The team that she has now is good for like, oh, we can't stand Unique and we're going to take him over. But to come against the New Jersey Mafia, we're going to need something else. And so I hope this starts um, expanding more and she starts reaching out more for that kind of help because right now she's been an island. And we need her to be, I don't know, a city, towns, and have little things in the towns with the people. Uh, she needs help. So I think that this is a good way to kind of move the story, the overall story of the drug business, to expand it out. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen. But right now, at this moment, the, she's basically a joke to them. Like, he likes her, but like, ha-ha, I'm going to kill her. You know, that whole ha-ha funny scene. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see uh, Raquel maybe calling in some favors because, I mean, you know, she runs Jamaica Jamaica Queens, which is like one borough. There's, you know, there's, there's still Harlem, Brooklyn, you know, Manhattan. Maybe there's like she has some other connections from around the city that she can call on for help or something. Um, or, or maybe she could even, you know, call in a favor with, uh, you know, Juliana's, uh, you know, uh, family member the connection that they have so yeah uh, I, I do think it's time for her to do that to call in some favors but I want to hear what, what Richard thinks okay so from a writing standpoint I think I have a, a, a bit of an idea of how this is going to go down um, so to answer your question first Gary about it, are are they in, in trouble yes they are in trouble uh, but I do believe if I'm looking at how this, how, how, what, what, based upon what we have seen in the first four episodes, if anything, I think that Marvin is going to be the one 
that they're going to attempt to do a hit on. I say that because last season you saw that there was an attempt made to take out Lulu by Unique's 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 crew and and uh, Warrell. For that reason, I don't think that uh, Lulu is the one that you're going to see them try to take out this particular season because it was very dramatic last season. People actually thought, oh, did Lulu survive? No, we, we knew. We knew that it, no, it's pretty sure he's going to survive. That's an important character, at least for, for right now. So uh, I think Marvin works perfectly because Marvin is also trying to go through this whole anger management stuff. And, and these are the situations that I feel can push the character over the edge and leading him to react a certain way to what's happening around him. So I definitely think that Marvin is in trouble. Plus, it works because Marvin is the one that continues to side with Raquel. Lulu, for this entire time, did not want to agree to any of the stuff that Raquel has been doing. And he has been adamant about that. But Marvin still sides more so with Raquel. That's why I say he is the one that I think is going to have to see, because it's going to show him how far Raquel is willing to go. And the fact that she's not thinking about his best interests, you know, if you're going to put him in harm's way. So that's important. But to go back to what I was saying about how this is going to play out, and this is just my guess. Like I said, I don't write on the show, but this is my guess. My guess is that Unique is feeding intel to the Italians, and he is the one that is helping them to to get the, to, you know, basically pull the fast one over on Raquel. Worrell is also in there, and, and because, again, to go back to this episode, and you and you recall that Worrell uh, had a conversation with Marvin, and that's when they mentioned the short bus. So that's why I say you got to add you go you, you go back to that conversation that Unique had over the phone. He mentioned I'm going to be coming in on a short bus. That's why I said I'm sure he is the one feeding intel. Uh, and this whole idea of you know Raquel reaching out to get help from uh, Juliana. Well, because Juliana's exchange with Raquel in this episode, she's going to feel very uneasy. She may not even want to tell her cousin about this, about that particular issue, but she is going to tell her cousin, I'm having some issues with Raquel. But again, as far as Raquel's help, why would she not go to Cartier? Because this guy has a street rep for a reason. We haven't seen what that is, but obviously they know him and they know that he has some type of reputation for being a very a guy of a lot of power. I'm not saying he's going to get involved and kill somebody. He could have people working for him that can do this, but I kind of feel like that's the whole reason why they introduced this whole relationship because as Dana alluded to earlier, yes, she wants to learn from him. Absolutely. But this guy also has a darker side as well. And I'm very curious to see what that darker side is because that's the connection that they have together. He's a little smart with how he cleans his money, obviously, but he has to have there has to be more to the character. And of course, this also again ties into what Malcolm Mays mentioned, mentioned in the interview. He's gonna have conflict with that character because he is the one that provided that mixing board to Lulu, but that comes at a high price. And it could be the simple fact of whenever you know Raquel tries to contact Lulu and she can't reach him, Cartier could be the one to say, Hey, listen. I don't care what you're doing here. You need to get, you need to, we need you right now for this particular work. So that's what I think is going to happen if I had to make a guess. But again, I want to reiterate, I'm not a writer on the show. I just kind of feel like if you see how the storyline is playing out, a lot of this stuff makes sense as a possible direction, but I also would like to see if they go in a different direction. So we'll have to wait and see, but that's just my guess as to what's going to happen. 
Yeah, excellent points. Um, yeah, I can see a lot of that happening, particularly with, you know, Unique and everything. And and Cartier, um, I definitely think uh, Raquel and, and that character are going to have more of a bond. So I, I could see her calling on him for help. But um, Dana, would, you look like you had something to add. <laughs> uh, you going to add something? Yes, I'm going to talk about Kingpin or Cartier. He's still Kingpin to me. I love those suits. Um, it just seems like he came in at such a great opportune time and he is, you know, wanting to teach and show Raquel things. And yes, you have the sophisticated side of how you can do your drug business, but I also want to see that mean, hard side with him as well. And I think that that is what's going to come into play when we meet the Italians and he's going to start, you know, being that backup that Raquel. Kel needs and maybe Raquel realizes you can't always depend on family you got my son running around the streets crazy with Howard uh you have Lulu running the streets crazy with that uh, music and then you have Marvin Marvin right now was kind of really invested on what's going on with his family and with anger management and Marvin seems to be he's lost he's a lost soul right now but I think he wants to find himself and I think that this anger management situation might lead him towards some kind of spiritual journey you're not in the church, but just in like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I connected to? What am I? And if you look at this whole season, it's kind of been like the duality of what family wants for me, family being basically Raquel, and what I want for myself. So her family right now is just dealing with other different things that the only person I feel that she can strongly connect to in that business mindset and, you know, money and marketing and branding and everything would be with Cartier right now. So her and Kingpin are going to start being that Vanessa and, and Kingpin team that they need to be. And also remember that quote that I stated from before when he was like Shakespeare's first sonnet. And he was like, oh, woo, woo, woo. But it doesn't mean woo, woo, woo. It actually means there's beauty in your death and everything else. But I think that he could be ushering in kind of a new movement for Raquel. That may slowly, who knows, ends up with her downfall. Who's to say the family kills her? Maybe it's, you know, some other gang people that we're not introduced to because she wants to be so power hungry and she wants everything for herself. You know, just getting unique off the corner is one thing. When you start going against different mafias and different kind of brands and associates that's in the drug business and kingpins that, you know, is doing way more than what you did. Because if you look at it, she did a really great job. She got her little projects. Yay. But there are people who are far more advanced in what she's doing and really have a deep connection in the heart and the drug game so we don't know that could end up being her downfall is that greed so i'm just going back to the shakespeare shakespeare's first sonnet yeah excellent points yeah you um that that is right because i think oh go ahead okay sorry so just to connect it again this kind of ties into what we were saying before with canaan i'm sorry if i'm all over the place Remember how we were saying, and how I said I'm changing my whole story and I'm going, I actually team Raquel and that Raquel was probably right all along. In order, so in that sonnet, it was basically saying in order to pass down your beauty and everything that you know, you have to reproduce. And we all know through Canaan, he ends up picking up the business and everything that he learns from his mother and becomes even more sociopathic and more involved in the game than what we know of what her, what her, what his mother is right now. So I was wondering 
that everything that Kanan ends up watching, even through Cartier and that's new experience that, that's about to happen right now, if that is also tied into Kanan's future. And that he that's the way of how he respects his mother. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Great point. Because what I was going to say is, because um, I think Raquel is about to hit a wall where, um, like, you know, as when 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 you start selling drugs like you go up and up the chain right and the point she's at, at the moment is where she's you know she she's in control of her neighborhood like you know she's got that on lock but to advance to a, a higher level she has to figure out how to launder that money that she has and we see that she was keeping money in the stash and everything which is a very dangerous way to operate so for her to get to the next level she really needs to, um, you know, know how to launder the money and make it make it become legitimate cash that she can spend and act like a legit millionaire or whatever, you know. Um, and once she does that, she can begin to politic with, you know, um, people who are connected and everything. So I do think that Cartier is, is going to be the person that helps her get to that new level. And that is going to um, bring more access to her. So like, you know, if she, if she needs, uh, you know, a team to come through and shoot up the Italians, she'll have more access to that sort of thing once she reaches that new level. And like you said, Dana, the Canaan we see in the original power, he has a lot of knowledge of how to do all this stuff. Like he, 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 uh, he taught ghost what he knows. So, he must learn that from somewhere, you know, and we know that he learned some of that from his family, from Raquel, Marvin and Lulu. But I definitely think he could also learn more of that by way of Cartier um, and, you know, the stuff that he's doing. So, yeah, great point. I, I could definitely see that playing out for sure. Um, but, yeah, Rich, did, did you have anything else you wanted to add to, to this subject? Oh, no, I agree. Those are some excellent points that Dana made. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't have anything else to add because I thought the points were right, were solid. But let's see what happens next week for sure. Definitely. So, yeah, we, we, we're going to go around and get final thoughts now so you can add, you know, one, like one or two final thoughts about this episode and what you think we might see, you know, uh, going into next week. So we'll go around the board um, and you, you can go first, Dana. Any final thoughts? Muted. Um, no, basically, this was just a very good episode that I feel we had set up everything that we've seen in the previous three episodes. And now things are going to go down. Things are going to finally be executed in um, episode five and six and so on. Um, I'm really interested and unique. You guys brought up a really good point in that situation. Also, I thought Rorel was going to die in this episode, but he's not. Um, I want to see how he allows himself to be a mold and how that ends up working out for unique in that situation. I do feel that Rorel is going to soon die. I'm surprised they let him live just solely for the fact that the whole situation would scrap. I understood why they struggled with that, but I would have easily just killed Worrell and moved on with the rest of my day. But here's another thing that's really interesting I wanted to bring up. 
Rorel really implemented a lot of what Unique was doing into their plan. And while the whole situation with the shoe and the, the money in the shoe box really did fail, I would have listened to some of what he would have said because sometimes people, especially our rivals, they have information in terms of just a different way of looking at things. So I really wish that Marvin didn't shut him down and that they really kind of understood what it was that Unique does so that you need to change up things. You can't be so predictable. So with, if you combine Raquel and Unique's uh, skill set, it could have created something that you know was a positive. You can learn and grow from that as well. Um, so I really am looking forward to see what happens in terms of the whole um, situation with the Italian mob, unique in play, um, Morel being the whole, uh, I guess, mold in a situation. Also, shout out to um, the lady of the night that sees Kanan, not Kanan, Howard, because she really dropped some good gems on how to approach Kanan and how to kind of be a man and also be a father to the kids you don't know. You've never been around. You don't know anything about. Yes, again, your father, you're biological, but you're not there. You have to learn. And so she really dropped some great gems on that situation. And I hope she's still around to, you know, give some little information and tidbit. Because Howard, as you said previously, he doesn't have anyone. If you really look at Howard, he's alone. He's stuck in that stuffy apartment or that house, his townhouse that he's in. He doesn't really open the windows. He's shuttered in. Um, and Shannon is an annoyance, so I don't see them being like, hey, let's be friends. So he needs someone at this moment. And I think Howard would just overall give him a better chance in, not Howard, Kanan will give Howard a better chance in life to just open up and experience new things and to have people around. And also the lady of the night, she, again, she has the son, and I'm not saying anybody's getting together. I'm just saying she makes a really good friend. She's that therapist, as you said before. She's a therapist. She's a confidant. She makes him happy in a multiple ways, maybe multiple times. So good for them. I just want to see a different side to Howard and for him to open up some more and to get out of that house and stuffiness and be, be, see another side to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, excellent thoughts there. Um, I do have something to say for, for, for mine that is kind of, you know, it kind of correlates with something you said. But uh, we're going to go to Richard next. Uh, what, what's your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are this This was another excellent episode of Razor Canaan. Um, next week is actually the midseason finale. So I definitely expect a lot of major things to happen in that episode. And then as everybody knows, Stars typically takes a week off uh, on these shows just because. So uh might be a bit of a uh, bummer to have to wait two weeks to find out what happens in episode six, but I will say I'm looking forward to next week because it's going to be a very exciting and explosive uh, midseason finale. Oh, yeah, for sure. I fully expect something major to happen in next week's episode. Um, and, you know, getting to my final thoughts, you know, uh, Dana brought up that, you know, she thinks Worrell might end up dying or something and um, I agree with that I think he's one of the most disposable characters um, at the moment like uh, he does have his use of course 
because he's running a tower for uh, Raquel. But I think if if anyone is going to go, it's probably going to be him because the other people are like really big characters who are important to the overall plot. So um, I do see that character getting taken out um, by who I don't know yet because it could go either way. Um, but I also have a theory that Unique is going to end up taking over that 40 Projects uh, tower, you know, that Warrell is running. I, I think he is going to um, eventually get that tower and, and run that for himself. Um, and how that happens, I don't know whether it's part of some kind of deal or, you know, whether he takes it by force. I don't know. Uh, it could even be at the same time that Warrell dies that you know, this takes place. So who knows? But yeah, I think that that is going to happen. So um, those are my final thoughts. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see see the next episode. So yeah, uh, we're going to get a quick round of shout outs and then that will be it until next week. Um, so we'll go to you first, Rich. Any shout outs? Yes, uh, shout out to you both. Always enjoy having these discussions regarding Razor Canaan. And uh, of course, as always, want to give a shout out to all the people continuing to check out the content uh, in the PowerCast. Yes, feel free to if leave your thoughts on anything that we discussed today. Uh, like the video to definitely help more people check out the conversation and consider subscribing. Thank you for your continued support and uh, look forward to talking to you all again next week. Indeed, indeed. And how about you, Dana? Any shouts? Um, basically, shout out to everyone who listens to us and watches us and watches the interviews that we do and the discussions and everything else that goes down. Um, another thing, I just really wanted to make a quick announcement, even though technically it would be late when you guys get this, because it is August 12th right now when we are recording this. And um, basically, they had a huge Television Critics Association meeting with the panel of stars and also with the president of stars who announced that they will not be moving forward with um, Power Book 5 Influence. That was going to be the Lorenz Tate show, the way we go into what was going on politically in New York City. And remember, it was going to be his second run as governor. That is not happening. So I wonder if they're going to just start keeping Tate um, involved in Raising Canaan Book 3, 2? What are we? T 2, right? Yes. Sorry, I said Raising Canaan. I'm getting all the books and numbers confused. They're going to just keep Lorenz Tate character, who is Tate, in Ghost Book 2. So he will not be getting a spinoff show. Maybe something will happen in the future. We never know. I am kind of sad about that because I really, really wanted to see a show from the political side of power. And also, we were reading before that they are going to do a spinoff of the Power series, this time based in London. So they're hiring Gary Schwaby at this moment. Good day, mate. You know that's Australian. Cheerio. Cheerio. Well, <laughs> well uh, we'll see if that happens. I guess they are, they did not confirm or deny, but I think obviously to know people are interested in it, they, they are interested in it as well. So hopefully it does happen. <laughs> they're they, yes, he's right. They're talking about it. There's a lot of hablondoing going on. 
but we don't know. It could happen. It could not happen. But I would, I don't want to see a Power London show. I think we kind of have. I don't know. That would kind of be well, interesting. Why are you hating on my place, man? On my, on my I'm not hating. He's the thing. I'm not <laughs> hating on your place. I'm really not. And it would be really interesting to see how they expand that universe. But for right now, I really like Gangs of London. Yeah, so, not. I, I think they were very inspired by Top Boy because that latest season of Top Boy was was seriously like dope. But um, I will I will say this though about if they do a power in London, please if you do that, make sure you connect with the people in London, producers and you know notable people in London because you know like we have our own scene over here, and you know uh, there are going to be some people who are looking sideways at you know stars if they just decide to do their own thing over here without really connecting with any of the notable people notable people to know what they're doing and stuff so you have to make sure you represent the culture in the the right way and everything like that so you know make sure you 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 connect with all the right people that you need to connect with if you are gonna come over here and do a show because there is going to be some people who who might not be very happy about that like we you know, there, there, there's some people who don't want uh, Americans coming over here and, you know, just doing whatever. Like, you, you got to make sure you represent us the right way. That, that's all I'm saying. But, yeah. Um, Wait, that would, that I have would a question. Nice. Is the Go culture ahead. vastly different in the UK than in America in terms of that whole drug situation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of nuances, a lot of differences. I mean, of course... Guns aren't as accessible over here as they are in the States. So that's one thing. It's a lot of knife crime and, you know, and also the way the streets and the blocks are set up is is very different. Um, And, yeah, there's there's a lot of different nuances um, about it. So, yeah, they have to do their research so that they, you know, are doing it, that they're portraying it the right way. Um, But, yeah, you know, if people want to get a look into it, they can look at Top Boy. That's a good example. Um, even with Top Boy, there are some things that are exaggerated, but it's it's you know as close as you're going to get to a depiction of London crime. You know, so um, yeah, that that's my take on it. But um, yeah, my shout outs, big shout outs to all the people, the long term supporters. You know, Kwame, Rainy J, Nelly Mac. You know. All those guys in the comments who are coming in consistently, uh, we love to read all of those and, and engage and everything. So, yeah, big shouts to them and also big shouts to Stars because uh, they are they they've been giving us a lot of access. You know, we got early access to the episodes, you know, way ahead of time, and uh, we got you know we got uh, Dana did a lot of interviews with some of the cast including the showrunner so they they've given us a lot of stuff uh to work with and we we very much appreciate that um so big shouts to the stars team also um and yeah that is going to be it for this week we will be back next week to cover episode 5 of raising canaan but until then take take care of yourselves stay well And we'll see you then. Peace.